0: Faith and Podcast. My name is Tyler Bobletz and welcome back to the fifth Sunday after Epiphany for the week of February 9th, 2020. And I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast. And I'm excited that we are in this really fun text this week, I feel. We're at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount series of sermons. We are continuing working with 1 Corinthians, which I really enjoy that book and hearing what Paul has to lay into with the people in Corinth. And I'm also noticing with being in the Northern Hemisphere that we are getting more light. And light is always such a powerful thing, and we'll talk about it a little bit this week. But it all these different things coming together it's such a powerful and a renewing thing it's something that we all need we all crave having light we all crave having fun text to dig into and look into on a weekly basis don't we that's what makes this fun that's what makes this faith journey a journey is going back rehashing, going through trying to understand these readings and understand these texts in new ways different ways and that's what makes this fun and I hope Hope that you're having fun with us because I know that I sure am, even though it's a good challenge week to week to do. But before we jump into this week's podcast, we have to look back at last week's Twitter question. And our Twitter question last week was, where are things within your own life or within the church that you see that we need to adapt or that are going to need to change? So there's a lot of different things like with me working within youth ministry I was at a conference, the extravaganza, this last week in Los Angeles, and a lot of the discussion and things that are being discussed is how we continue to be in this changing world. How do we continue to reach kids? How do you continue to change curriculum, keeping core principles, but also understanding that we need to be adapting to this changing world around us? One of our loyal listeners this last week sent in a picture of a phone with no buttons on it and talked about it being used as a party line back in the day that you called and picked up the phone and the first thing you did is talk to the operator and how different and how we've evolved that technology to now where I have a pocket computer in my pocket and that I use it to make phone calls along with surfing the internet to be able to obtain information. It's much different than what the original intention had set forth. And I think a lot of times within our own faith and within the church itself, we need to be willing and able to look at that. That can be anything from lectionary and how we're doing lectionary to looking at how we look at and consider the pieces that we're doing to the way the service runs Actually, one of the great analogies that I kind of figured out this last couple weeks that I've been kind of playing around with is I wonder if church and especially church services need to be more like jazz. Jazz typically has some type of head chart. And then it has this space for improvisation. And are we at times hitching ourselves to one of these two models too much? Are we hitching ourselves to this is the way that it's always been. We're making this design service and everything's laid out perfectly. And this is the flow of the service. And this is how we do it each week. Or some churches being that we're going to let the spirit flow. It's going to be very improvisational. We do not know how long the service is going to be. We don't have any elements to what this is going to be on a week-to-week basis. And do we need to figure out how to infuse both of those? Because both of those are important parts of faith life. Those are having consistency and knowing what things are going to look like, but also having this ability to be able to move and go with where the spirit is leading. And I think at times we need and need to embrace both sides of that argument, even if it's uncomfortable for us. Being able to have that flexibility, being able to have that understanding that we need these elements to be able to understand that the Spirit works both in ways of defining what something is and in a sequence. And also that God still, I think, has, through the Holy Spirit, this improvisational style that things are going to happen, things are going to come up that aren't expected, and you need to roll with the flow. Just go with it. Trust me on this and go with me on this journey. And I think there's a point where we need both of those within our churches. And I think in a way, when we look at the sermon text and even just the text in general this week, I think it gets to that point, and I would argue that's a fun place to be in, and it's something that we maybe don't dwell in enough. So let's jump right into it. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter five, verses thirteen through twenty. This is the beginning of a three-chapter section here in Matthew where we get the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus just jumps right in that you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has lost its taste, how is the saltiness restored? That it's no longer good. It's trampled. It's thrown out. That you are the light of the world. That you are the light of the city on the hill. And would you put it under a bushel basket? And we have to remember when he's saying this, this is a lamp with an open flame that you'd be putting under a bushel basket. There's two possible outcomes that would happen from that. One, if it's too close to the bushel basket, it will suddenly act as fuel, causing the bushel basket to become a flaming fireball. Or two, that you're cutting off the oxygen which is needed for a flame to grow. That's why snuffers work with putting out candles that you are trapping and putting in all the CO2 to fill that snuffer to put out the flame. It no longer has what it needs to be able to thrive. And here is Christ putting this out there, that we're needing these elements. We need to be embracing who we are, where we're at right now, who we are, who God has called us to be. That Means that there are going to be times that we are going to be going in ways that seem a little bit weird, seem a little bit different, but we have to trust and continue to listen and follow what Christ is leading us to. It means not necessarily following in the Old Testament perfectly to the T that the law, because the law isn't necessarily leading them into this fruitful place. If we're following the law for following the law's sake, and doesn't have a purpose behind it, why are we actually doing it? Is it fruitful? Is it giving life? And that's what I pick up out of this. Whereas if you're following the law and it's bringing life, following the law that there's a reason why we're doing this, not just that we're doing this because tradition says so, this is then bringing life into something. If we're following something just because tradition says so, we might then have a problem. And that's what I see Jesus calling out here, coming out of the gospel text. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 58, verses 1 through 9a, and optionally 9b through 12, which I would just say, go at this whole thing. And again, it's this whole idea of embracing who you are, embracing who God has made you to be, being humble within yourself, but continue to Follow the call of what Christ is laying before you. Don't be yoked to the different things that are tying you down from becoming the person who God is calling you to be. And then we have to remember that God provides the things that we need. That he will be the gardener who is watering us when we need water to be able to help us grow, that he is laying foundations for generations to be built upon, that we then need to be able to be who God has made us to be. Because if we're not being who that is, thus we are then making a weak spot in what God is intending. We're not being true to who we are, so we can't be utilized in the way that God is has expected us to be utilized. The psalm this week is Psalm 112 verses 1 through 9 and optionally verse 10. If it's one verse, why wouldn't you just add it in? That's my opinion. But again, this is praising God for the gifts that we have been given and understanding that he didn't need to do what he did, but that because he did what he did, we should then be giving thanks and praise to him and trying to do our best of honoring the resources in which we've been given, honoring the gifts in which we've been given to be able to be utilized in front of others. I would argue though that the second reading out of First Corinthians chapter two, verses one through twelve, and optionally thirteen through sixteen is what helps kind of tie all of this together. This is Paul kind of putting himself out there a little bit for the people of Corinth, stating that it is not him who is speaking. It is Christ working through him is who is speaking. Without Christ working through him, he is not able to do what he does. And the wisdom that he has and that he gives is not his own. It's Christ working through him. It's Christ working through him, using the gifts that he has to be able to speak life. To be able to bring the gifts in which God has and utilize them in the best possible way moving forward. And these are just really important texts to be able to bring all this together. But before we talk about how this ties to a faith and science perspective, we have to do our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussion, Luther Seminary does a great job out of St. Paul being able to put this resource together on a weekly basis when you're having four different seminary professors coming from various different backgrounds, being able to look at these texts as one example for just their Sermon Brainwaves podcast, not to include the commentaries that come from multiple other scholars and the different discussions that go on there. Why haven't you checked out Working Preacher? As me not being an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help me prepare for this podcast. So, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Second of all, I would also recommend checking out God Friended Me on CBS. I would argue it's one of the best things on television, if not the best thing on television. Being able to see in a modern context an idea of how God possibly uses people and works through people for his own good, it's really refreshing for me to be able to see something like that. And it's really intriguing to kind of see each week how are all these different pieces tying together. So if you have not checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I'd highly recommend it. Jesus gave me a softball this week when he was able to give me in the gospel text two Solid examples right there and what he's talking about and we can talk about them from a science perspective because I would argue it is not purely coincidental that these are the items that he is looking at. And when we even get into some of the optional readings in Isaiah, he starts talking about the parched ground and watering the ground. And we know from our own experience, many of us who garden, that plants need water. It's just something that they need to grow. This is not any different when Christ is using salt and light for us, which I find extremely, extremely exciting. I'll attach a video down below from SciShow talking about why do we like salt so much, but it briefly touches on our body needs salt. We probably evolved in some form or fashion to fancy salt because our body needs it. One of the simple ways that it's used is in sodium potassium pumps within your cells, which are these pumps that are kind of helping to equalize the amount of water within the cells and making sure that the surrounding environment in which they're in and internally there are the same pressure, essentially so that the water pressure between Externally, outside the cell, and inside the cell is the same. And thus, to be able to have these pumps work properly, salt and potassium are the two major components being able to drive these pumps to work consistently to be able to equalize your cell's water content. We need this for us to survive. You cannot survive without salt. Your body needs salt. And you probably already know how your body needs vitamin D and vitamin D coming from sunlight or light in general, but how also we cannot physically see without some type of light of some nature, be it even very faint. We need light to be able to activate anything in our sight. We cannot do anything without light and it's interesting that in isaiah that it's even bringing in water because again our bodies are made up of 70 plus percent of water depending on the source that you use and thus we need water to be able to survive so when he's even using the example of a garden is it also reflecting back on us on how much we need water for our bodies to survive? And there's multiple examples in here where they're going through giving bread to the hungry, bringing a home to the homeless. And again, we're going through hunger, having a shelter, being clothed to be able to keep warm. These are basic human essentials that we know, we've seen it, and there's plenty of studies looking at how we need these basic core elements to be able to survive and how we struggle if we don't have these basic needs met to be able to do anything else. If we don't have these basic needs met, our full focus becomes those needs and rightfully so. But then where does God fit within that? Where does God fit in with that if we are purely focused on surviving? But the flip side of that coin is if we have these things met, if we have the salt in our diet, if we are getting the light we need, if we are being able to drink the water that we need, then what is stopping us from becoming the people that God has called us to be? It's interesting when you actually think about it in that way, isn't it? How often we tie ourselves down with these other things or these other things that I'm supposed to be this or I'm supposed to be that. If I'm not this or that, I better attach it on and it doesn't feel natural, but I have to put on this face. One easy example that I think of is when people ask me how am i doing i usually say i'm doing great or i'm doing fine or i'm doing well i don't want to get into a deep conversation and passing about you know something that's going on in my life you know right now there's something going on and i really don't want to get into that part of that's our own human psychology knowing that if we really delve into that one do we want to open ourselves up that way and two is it really going to be a quick conversation like this person is intending are we doing that with god Is God giving us all these gifts and all these blessings? And then we're just saying, yeah, thanks, God. I'm doing great. I'm doing well. Thanks for doing that. I'm going to continue on doing this thing. And he's like, hello, I designed you. I know you. I've been wanting to talk with you about a few things. There's a few things that I have purposely designed in you to be able to do this thing. And you're not doing it. And partially because you're trying to be this and you're not that. It's interesting. It's interesting because you'll see in the piece, if you do watch it on salt, that there's some weird things that we're finding even with the psychology of salt and how when salt is added into things where if they're comparing it side by side, it's possibly helping reduce bitterness and yes, it's giving it more taste, but they're also saying like soups are thicker and fuller and even sweeter. Salt isn't sweet, but somehow it's tricking our brain to get to this complex of this is a sweeter soup. I enjoy this. How does this work? I would argue for us, if we are sampling these soups of these different directions and we're like, this is the soup I want. Yeah, I designed you that way. I designed you to be able to fulfill this and it's going to be a fuller life for you. There's going to be more there, more meat on the bone. But how often are we clinging on to these different pieces or like Paul brings up that we're just plain scared that we don't feel that we can do it. We don't feel that we are gifted enough to be able to do this thing. I know when I started this podcast a little over two years ago, I had a conversation with one person that I see as a really important role model in my life. And I remember directly asking him, should I really be entering this arena? Should I really be entering the arena to talk about faith and science? I'm so young. Should I really be doing this? His response was really simple. He said, because you're so young, why wouldn't you do it? You can outlive them. You have an advantage of being younger. How often do we overlook the advantages that we have naturally been given to just start looking immediately to the negative? We are the salt of the earth. Oh yes, that means that people can only take so much of me. No, we're the ones who bring zest to faith. We're the ones who are actually bringing faith alive to people. Christ did it for us. And Christ now is in the Holy Spirit moving within us. And we then, we get to be the zest in that people see something's different in them. And we get to talk about how this is something within us that's become a core element of who we are. We can't separate the two because otherwise I don't feel like I'm being myself. I would argue that's what Christ is talking about, just like how we need to still have salt in our diet. Yes, we still have to watch and make sure we're not over-salting, just like we can't over-sit in the sun forever, because especially me being a white Caucasian, I would burn to a crisp. I can't just drink water all day, because at some point, I technically could drown myself, but also at some point, there'll be other bodily functions before that that'll be saying, you need to stop. What in our own lives are we holding ourselves back from? What in our own lives are we so scared of that's literally preventing us from becoming the people who God's telling us to be? Where are there places that we're looking and seeing and that this is the way that it's always been? This is the letter of the law. And that Christ is saying, no, it's not. You made this. You're misunderstanding this. It's a living word. And sometimes living words, things that meant something at one point, might have a different meaning later on, and that's okay. We have to be willing and able to work and evaluate and and be willing to change like we talked about last week, but also be willing to understand the gifts that we've been given and utilize them. When people ask me about youth ministry, I, I talk about that I took the long way here. There's plenty of other ways and things that I was thinking that this is what God would gifted me with and At this point, he wants me doing some youth ministry and doing this weird podcast that I do. And I don't know entirely where that is going. But I know for me, I can see the gifts and the fruits of what's coming, and I know that it's not my own gifts. It's that gifts that God has given me and that I'm just utilizing, and I see it in so many other people. And I think there's so many times within the world in which we're in right now that we need to be able to utilize these gifts and thank and compliment people on the gifts that they have. Because so much we're looking and fighting and arguing that we then get to a place where when we have... Have gifts, we feel like we have to hide them. Why? Because we're scared. We've talked about being scared before, and that's not what Christ is calling us to be. We're not scared people. I mean, look at Isaiah, the first verse. Shout to the Lord, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob, their sins announce that you're not perfect, announce the gifts that you have, be willing to share them. I don't see that a lot in our culture. I know as a scientist, and we've talked about this before, that we have to be honest. And there's times where we haven't been the best. And that's why we're having to go through reform on how we do scientific papers because people haven't been honest enough. It's now cause for problems, things being relooked at. If I think about what it actually means then to be the salt of the earth and to be that zest of life, but also realize that it's essential for life. It means being truthful. It means being honest. It means being the people that we are meant to be. Whatever that means in your context. It means that listening and being humble and trying to understand the people around you and building people up and complimenting people and not just tearing them down. It means being willing and able to be vulnerable with people. Sometimes that means that we're going to have to be willing to be able to be vulnerable with people we don't know that well. And trust on the other side that we're going to be okay. Because these are fundamental elements of what God wants us to be within the relationship that we have with him. That's why these are so important. That's what it means to me to be able to do that because if it's about having this relationship with Christ and sharing that relationship with other people by being the people that God is calling us to be, then we need to be that with other people, not just with our Savior. So the Twitter question that I have for you this week is how can you be the salt of the earth? How can you be that light on a hill consistently? How can you be that more consistently? How can you be the salt of the earth and the light of the world more consistently? It's not an easy question. It's not something fun to think about, but I think it's something where to me, I would argue that it's the being who you are called to be, being yourself, being who God made you to be, leaning into those gifts. It's one of the things as a youth minister that I try working on and I still have to work on is helping kids... And adults find their gifts and lean into those gifts because we all should be doing that because we all need that salt from each other to be able to equal each other out to balance each other out to get where our levels around us are similar and to suck up some of those highs and equal some of those lows and hopefully in all of this we get a better picture of who God is in all of this We'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.